After day 12 of Denver Broncos training camp at the UCL Training Center, the offense and defense traded blows in an action-packed Tuesday practice. Plus, the Walton Penner ownership group is official for this Broncos team. What does it mean in the next steps here for the Broncos organization? Plus, we recap some of the news and notes and injury updates, including one of the Broncos' top wide receivers on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day, whether it's on your favorite audio podcasting platform or whether you're watching us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button or that follow button so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content and coverage here on the Locked On Broncos podcast from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, senior Broncos analyst and beat reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bender, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, Tuesday was a big day in Broncos country, not just from a practice standpoint and a lot of storylines that are coming out of that, but it was a big day because it meant that the transition of ownership became officially official. Uh, Rob Walt and Greg Penner now taking over ownership of this Denver Broncos team. We'll get to that. I think there's a big piece we need to talk about there. But you know what? It was a competitive day. The offense and the defense trading barbs at practice. Good stuff. I mean, you love to see it for sure. Absolutely. The the talking out there, the jabbing, these guys really just developing that kind of camaraderie and that comfort, you know, with each other to be able to go out there and talk a little trash, right? That's what we want to see. And I'm I'm sure at this point in training camp, I'm sure they're getting sick of going up against each other. It always <laughs> feels like when the, the other team comes in for a joint practice. Practice. It always feels like the players are like, oh, we were just ready to hit somebody else or we're just ready to go up against somebody else. So it's great to hear that they're out there kind of still getting after each other, giving each other jabs, talking some trash and really just being competitive. Right. That's the number one thing you want to see at training camp. You don't want to see guys being, you know, dragon out there, I guess, is one way to put it. So I think this is a great a great thing for the team. I know that a lot of people dislike this kind of stuff. But I think to me, it's great when when the players are kind of talking a little trash and keeping it, you know, keep it civil at least, right? But at least talk a little trash, go back and forth and go out there and win some reps on both sides of the ball. I tell you what, just being there on the, on the sideline, we, we get a little bit of more extended access about the 40 yard line on the right field. When the Broncos are scrimmaging there, it's a lot different on the left side of the field. The trash talk between the defensive backs and the wide receivers is hilarious. And these guys like the DBs and receivers. I mean, even the coaches, they're roasting some of these referees who are making terrible calls at practice. I mean, there's certain plays where it's great coverage to throw in a flag call on a PI. And it's just like, wow, what are you looking at? And so Kareem Jackson did not participate. It was a vet day for him. And he and Justin Simmons were clowning opposing officials. And then the, there was some jawing between Jerry Judy, Jamar Johnson. It was all fun, all in fun nature, though. It was really, really funny to hear some of the things those guys were saying. But I, I just couldn't imagine being around that every day and being able to do that. But you're right. You know, you get tired a little bit of going against your own guys every single day, not really being able to, to be a football player in the sense of what are you going to do on Sundays? You're going to wrap up. You're going to tackle guys to the ground. You can't do that here in practice. So it makes sense. But let's talk about some, uh, you know, some blows here by the offense 
and the defense. Now, Ronald Darby sat out of practice, and we'll give you a little bit of an injury update on him a little bit later on here in the show. Michael Ojemudia did a good job filling in for him during Tuesday's practice at the UCL Training Center. During the team period, Russell Wilson was attempting to look down the right sideline for Jerry Judy down deep, and Jerry ran a little bit of a double move, but OJ did not bite on it. Russell Wilson threw the deep ball. Michael Ojemudia came up with a diving interception of Russell Wilson kind of down deep on the field there. That was a good play, but you know what? Jerry Judy in the in the move the ball period, once again during the team period for the Broncos offense, burnt Michael Ojemudia deep across the field, and it would have been a 60-plus yard touchdown there. So Jerry kind of, those guys going back and forth there a little bit. You love to see that where it's not just one side of the ball dominating the entire time, though I will say the Broncos defense did get a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson in Tuesday's practice, forcing him to roll out and get out of the pocket and scramble through on the run. He did a lot of that during Tuesday's practice here at the UCL Training Center. Well, and it sounds like that's becoming kind of a little more common these days. And so I think that one way to look at that is obviously the optimistic side, which is how I see it, which is, hey, Draymond Jones is really good. And the defensive line is is really good. And I don't think that can be understated. But what I do think can be understated is perhaps maybe, and you could speak to this better than I can having seen him out there, but the offensive line just really wondering, are they going to be able to hold up? And I think we need to see him in games because I feel like almost every training camp Camp, regardless of how talented the offensive line is, I feel like that the defense always kind of has an advantage during training camp, and then the games come around, and all of a sudden the offensive line's not so bad. And we saw last year, I mean, this offensive line was pretty good, and they added some pieces that we haven't got to see everybody in place, like Billy Turner hasn't practiced and those type of things. But you, you just can't help but wonder, man, is the offensive line going to be able to hold up when the you know when the bullets start flying when it's real football out there? I think they'll get a great test obviously with the Dallas Cowboys coming to Denver and a lot of different pass rushers and players that are on that defensive front coming from Dan Quinn's defense that are going to be out to you know try to get after Russell Wilson as well so to me I think that's both good and bad I think you you have the defensive line bringing the pressure I think they've been consistent with that and it seems like they're going to be doing that in the regular season you just don't want the offensive line giving up pressure all throughout the regular season either I think that's a big thing to follow to it and I'm glad that you made the point that we have seen this consistently at training camp year in and year out where it looks like they're giving up a lot of pressure and it looks like you know hey that probably would have been a sack but in the regular season they adjust it, it is definitely different when you're going against people that don't know what you're doing you know I think that's the thing with the defense they understand based on formation and personnel okay hey they might be doing this play. You know, we're going to we're going to line this way and execute the play this way defensively. That's where the competitiveness is, but it was very balanced, about 50-50 on the day here. Wednesday's practice is expected to be a jog through, so there really won't be much to gather out of Wednesday's practice in terms of any like key takeaways. I know we have a topic of discussion at inside linebacker we'll bring up for tomorrow's episode of the show, but you know, outside of that I wanted to give a little bit of props to Fion Hicks and Damari Mathis, the rookie cornerbacks here for this Broncos football team. Both stepped up today and, and Fion Hicks continues to make plays, whether it be in the nickel, whether it be in the outside. He does a really good job against the run, and his coverage has been pretty sticky so far the last couple of days. But then you go to Damari Mathis. There was a time where he was in with the defense, and he had to go against Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy attempted to run a sluggo, a slant and go, and Damari Mathis was on top of it the entire way, shielded him, and it was an overthrow. Like It was incomplete. Like Jerry Judy could not get to the football because of Damari Mathis. And, and I tell you this, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, those guys were going crazy on the sideline for Damari. The defense was very hyped up, and that's where we started to see a little bit of that jog and that, that chit-chat going on there. So something to kind of throw out there in terms of some news and notes from Broncos practice on Tuesday, day 12, 
at the UCL Training Center in the books. But the biggest news of the day leads to the ownership situation. But the NFL held a very special league meeting with other NFL owners to vote on the final process of approval and transition of ownership for the Denver Broncos. And all things point to the other side as going through what might it look like for the Walton Penner Group on their first day as members of the Denver Broncos. We talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. So head to BetOnline.net here today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Pat Bowlen era has officially ended for the Denver Broncos after the NFL unanimously voted to approve the Walton Penner Group as the next appointed owners of the Denver Broncos franchise. Thank you once again, everybody, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite podcast and provider or here on YouTube. We have you covered, as we said, Lockdown Broncos, your team every single day. Sarah, the big news really of the day outside of the football aspect, we talk about the organizational aspect. It is the official transfer of ownership. You know, Rob Walton, Greg Penner, they are now the official owners of the Denver Broncos after it was voted unanimously by other NFL league owners on Tuesday to approve the sale and the transition of ownership to the team. And there were various reports. Obviously, Mike Kliss, our Nine News insider, was there and he said there was constant round of applause going into the rooms during the voting process. And it made it seem like a big a big thing. Like This is a huge change, not only just for the Denver Broncos, but it is for the National Football League. Well, I can only imagine what having somebody like Rob Walton and this whole host of characters that he's bringing into this ownership group with him. I can only imagine what that means in terms of the NFL on the business side of things. Just having somebody with this. I mean, he's the wealthiest owner in the NFL. So obviously the and Denver sports, Broncos I think too. And, yeah, and in definitely American sports. I have no idea. International, those soccer yeah. clubs and things, football clubs or whatever you want to call them. Sorry if I offended any soccer fans out there by saying that, but or football fans. I don't know what they say. But, you know, I think that definitely the NFL is, is excited about this because you're bringing in a, a lot of money, a lot of green. That's all these guys care about is green. And, and even I'm sure even the division rival owners are excited about this, Cody, because, you know, but it brings just more money into the NFL's pockets to have more guys with more money or more people with more money within the ownership circle. So to me, I feel like, yeah, everybody's got to be applauding because this means big things for the Denver Broncos. It means big things for the NFL in terms of marketing, probably. I mean, the, the Broncos have brought in a lot of people who know what they're doing in a lot of different arenas of business. So to me, I got to think that the NFL is very excited about this. Roger Goodell, probably more so than any anybody because he's going to continue to get paid a lot of money to be you know he, he gets booed at the NFL draft people don't really like Roger Goodell all that much but he doesn't care he gets paid a lot of money so I think definitely understandable the cheers coming from the room for sure I think the initial belief or the expectation is that the, the new ownership group will be at the practice facility on Wednesday for day 13 the Denver Broncos training camp I there could be a press conference by the way which I'll be there and there's if there's anything I can ask let me know that you're looking forward 
forward to. I was thinking in my head too, and I was talking with Andrew Mason about this. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that the the new ownership group is going to come in, and I don't think they're going to mess with the football side of things right now, especially considering that hey, the Broncos are in season. I don't think there's going to be any changes. I don't think that there's going to be any new uniforms this upcoming season. I know that is a subject of discussion that everybody in Broncos country wants. I, I know there's talk about the stadium, but I think that the Broncos uh, initial focus with the new owners will probably be related to a lot of community stuff. Now, not to mention Rob Walton said putting a winning team on the field is priority number one, but we want to be very involved in our community. That's one of the things that he spoke for after the vote went through and the approval was there. There was a special press conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, following the 32 to nothing unanimous decision to make Rob Walton, Greg Penner, the official owners of the Denver Broncos. More so interesting enough, like the Broncos are very big in the community, right? We already know that's a huge initiative. So when you bring in somebody who has the money and the resources that Rob Walton, Greg Penner, I mean, even Condoleezza Rice, we even talk about Melody Hobson and even Lewis Hamilton, the Formula One guy who's now added in as one of the minority owners here of this franchise. What can they do in the community of Denver, but not just in Denver locally? What can they do for the Broncos from a global perspective? I think that'll be a huge topic of discussion. It's going to be fun to see because like, I think in the way that my mind works right now, like I have no idea. I I think that the international impact the Broncos can have is going to be absolutely tremendous. And I I think we're just scratching the surface. Really. It's not even the tip of the iceberg at this point. It's like the iceberg is barely even in focus. We're, we're barely seeing a, a glimpse. And I think that just being able to hear from this ownership group to hear kind of what their vision is for the team, some things that they maybe have planned in the works or some things that they can at least kind of talk about or why did they construct the ownership group the way that they did? Why did they bring certain people with certain backgrounds into the mix? I think that's going to be really fun to see because the impact is going to go so far beyond Denver and yet it's going to impact Denver in a substantial way. And they talked about that at the press conference as well. Not just wanting to to, to really put together a winning team as the number one priority. That's what it should be. I mean, you're the owner of a football team. You got to win games. But number two, and I think this a great priority is to really impact the city of Denver and the surrounding area. I think that's exactly what an an ownership group should be doing. If you're a football team, you have one of the biggest platforms in the world. Absolutely. If you're the Denver Broncos, I mean, everybody sees what you're doing every single day, pretty much. So I think for sure to have that platform, you can really make a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. And it sounds like they're planning on doing that. Well, there are some changes that are expected to be coming forth, and one began immediately after it was announced, and that was that President and CEO of the Broncos, Joe Ellis, stepped down from his role, but will be serving this season as an advisor to Rob Walton and Greg Penner. Then I imagine after this season, it's He's got, I think he's going to be a little bit more of a sounding board for him. That's what it's sounding like initially here. And then after the season, you know, we'll, we'll see if he stays on as an advisor. If not, he'll go his own separate way. And, you know, like I said, what an amazing era under the Pat Bowen, you know, era and regime and control of the National Football League, the Broncos, three Super Bowl championships. I mean, they've been to a multitude of Super Bowls. They've had many appearances there. They've had countless AFC championships. They've had countless AFC West divisional titles. And I think it just kind of signifies to Pat Bullen what he really wanted. He wanted the Broncos to be number one on the field. He wants them to be number one off the field. And I really hope that the new ownership group kind of carries that same belief or principle going into how they operate things. And it'll be very changing to see what type of changes are made both in the short term 
and in the long term. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to recap some injury updates going on with his Denver Broncos football team, including an update on Ronald Darby. But a star wide receiver for the Broncos also missed practice on Tuesday as he deals with an injury. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett gave us a little bit of insight into Cortland Sutton and what's going on with him. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me just say thank you to everybody for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos their first listen of the day. Every single day, all year long, you know what you can count on. A brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos where you get Sarah Bettinger and myself breaking down all the action from an objective point of view. No hot takes, no clickbait. You get objective football coverage and reaction to what's going on in Dove Valley from people who are in Dove Valley every single day for practice who will be traveling on the road for games. Lockdown Broncos should be your number one go-to every single day. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's made us your first listener today part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Denver Broncos have been dealing with a couple of injuries to some key players this week during Broncos training camp. Thank you so much once again for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day here. Sarah, some injury updates on some big-name players for this Broncos team. As we knew, just a couple of days ago, Ronald Darby and Cortland Sutton had a fantastic battle during the third down period for the Broncos during team moved the ball. And we saw the amazing catch that Cortland Sutton made. On that play, Ronald Darby landed, and Nathaniel Hackett is calling it as the a little bit of a chest contusion. So for him, I mean, that could be anywhere from bru- bruised ribs or a bruise on your chest. Obviously something that they're monitoring. He was not at practice on Tuesday at the UCL Training Center. But even more so surprising, we didn't get to see much Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton walked out, had his pads on, had his helmet on, but he went to the side field and he was putting in work all day long. We didn't see him in any team drills. And I think that was a little interesting at first. And then we found out after practice, Nathaniel Hackett said he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder right now. So part of me is wondering... Did he get injured on the same exact play where he caught the ball on Ronald Darby? I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense at this point, unless he slept wrong, because that was the last play that he played so far for the Broncos during practice. Yeah, I mean, to me, Cody, it raises the alarm once again, the alarm that I've been sounding pretty much all offseason of going and getting some more help at wide receiver. I know the Broncos have plenty of young guys on the team, but pretty quickly, and I think this practice served as a really good, you know, kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a learning experience, like like I know more than George Payton, right? I have no idea what I'm talking about by comparison to what I would say is one of the better GMs in the NFL. But I mean, George Payton at Tuesday's practice got a chance to see the wide receiver room without his three top guys, three out of his four anyway, with Jerry Judy being the only one out there practicing. So to me, I mean, that should sound the alarm for the wide receiver position just to go out and find some additional help from somebody that can actually or has actually proven that they can play play we hope these young guys really get a chance to step up obviously you don't want anyone stealing their reps against the Cowboys here but I think to get somebody in pretty quickly I think that that'd be wise from the Broncos I mean you're already down Tim Patrick KJ Hamler working back from the injury Cortland Sutton now dealing with a shoulder I just uh, to me Cody that's how my brain works as a you know as the guy that used to simulate all the games on Madden and go straight to the offseason and do the (laughs) roster building I'm looking at just fortifying that depth there so I you hope that that this is nothing really serious for Cortland Sutton. Obviously, if he's out there in shoulder pads and working on the side field, maybe it is just being precautionary. And I think that that's something that we can take away early on. And I guess, I guess late now in training camp with this coaching staff is that they are really intentional about being careful with these guys that are coming up with dings and bruises and, and little injuries here and there. 
Yeah, and, and Hackett even said that it's nothing really to, to worry about when it comes to court. Like, they're just being precautionary with it, and they're just going to go through the process. And, and these guys do a lot of active recovery. They have to do two different realms of active recovery each day after practice. They have to choose which ones they want to participate with. But I will say this, too, and, and maybe argue against maybe them having to go out right now and go get another receiver. Kendall Hinton had to step up inside Cortland Sutton's role within the offense. Jerry Judy became obviously the main guy that they're looking forward to. But Kendall Hinton stepped up in a big way for the Broncos. Now, he did have one drop across the middle of the field early on in the team period, but he redeemed himself in the move the ball two-minute drill for this Broncos team. He had several catches today, whether it was with the first or the second team. He was coming up big when his number was called upon. And once again, a guy who we talked about in yesterday's show, Brandon Johnson, continuing to make plays as well for this Broncos offense. These two guys stepped up in a big way. Seth Williams as well. I'll highlight him in the second team period with uh, you know Josh Johnson as the quarterback. Two-minute move the ball. He had four or five catches in the two minute drill like they were so for them big body they relied on him and he caught everything didn't didn't have a pass hit the ground there that's something that stood out to me uh, so I think for Denver you just got to maybe play it safe I know that there were some reports out there suggesting that Jalen Rager the Broncos were interested in trading for him I don't think the Broncos are interested right now in necessarily trading for anybody unless there was like an e- equal exchange of capital so like Denver would have to be getting a player and some draft compensation back I don't think George Payton at this point would send compensation back just for a player when he wants to have more than five draft picks going to the next year's draft. And Denver doesn't have the luxury of being very picky in a sense as to what they can do because they don't have a first or second rounder next year. So something to keep into consideration. They may monitor the waivers after week one of the NFL preseason. But even if you bring in a new guy, would he have the amount of time to learn this offense and this playbook that's been taking time that we know, as Nathaniel Hackett has said, has been complicated? Right, exactly. And I think you brought up a great point too, just just about the fact that, you know, the draft compensation thing, we know George Payton has said very clearly that he wants to add to the 2023 war chest, as you put it, uh, back in draft season. And so I think that's I think that's absolutely spot on. So the thing that I would reference would be exactly what we saw last year, like in the Jonas Griffith trade, where like you said, there was a pick coming back with the player in addition to the pick going to the other team. So not necessarily taking away from your draft capital, maybe taking away a higher pick to get a guy that can help you. Or maybe the Broncos are like we've talked about. They're loaded at the edge position. They're loaded at safety. It'll be interesting to see who cracks the roster at those spots and what other teams are thinking in terms of I mean, George Payton in the front office, they're going to be catching whiffs and they're going to be catching whispers of what other teams are trying to do in terms of the players that the Broncos may have on the bubble. So they'll know where they have leverage in terms of being able to trade guys on the roster. Roster. So that that whole frenzy is going to be coming sooner than we think or sooner than yep. we know here. And and so I think we'll find out in due time. But you're right. It, it's a complicated offense. And the thing you know, Hackett did mention, too, as a quick side note, he mentioned that wide receiver is one of the hardest positions to learn in the offense. So, yep. of course, trading for somebody there, it would take them a few weeks to get up to speed. So it'll be fascinating to see, though. I'll, I'll be interested as the as the offseason progresses, if they do have to deal with more and more injuries, of course, Tyree Cleveland. Cleveland also being out at the moment. It'll be fascinating to see just how aggressive George Payton gets because we know like last year we saw him make a few moves to fill some holes. And and obviously with if if these guys are going down, if they're dropping like flies out there, he might have to do something. 
Darius Shepard season could be upon us here, Sir Bettinger, as we approach yeah. the first preseason game. Only a couple more days of Broncos training camp practice. The Cowboys will round things off on Thursday at the UCL Training Center, joint practices with them. And then you have the preseason showdown on Saturday evening, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. And then you can turn your dials here immediately after the game at Lockdown Broncos for a post-game recap and report. You get that here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. Tomorrow will be day 13. We'll get some more on the NFL ownership side of things when it comes to the Denver Broncos. We'll see who meets with the media, if anybody from the new ownership group does. And we also throw out a little bit of an interesting conversation because Broncos country wants George Payton to trade for a linebacker in Chicago by the name of Roquan Smith. We tell you maybe why that is or is not a good idea for the Broncos at this point in time. You get that on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos.